This is Israeli Technology Founders Speak, a podcast of conversations with successful Israeli high-tech and biotech entrepreneurs, with your host, Avraham Hermon. Ivan Lipschitz is the managing attorney for trademarks, designs, and related fields at JMB Davis Ben David in Jerusalem. Born in South Africa and now in Israel, Ivan brings over 35 years of experience to JMB Davis Ben David. Avraham sat down with Ivan in Jerusalem to discuss trademarks, especially related to startups and businesses. What is a trademark and why would a business need one? When is the best time to file for a trademark? And what happens if you don't? And all of the general knowledge that you need to know regarding trademarks for your startup or business. This podcast is a creation of J.M.B. Davis Ben David, an intellectual property law firm serving clients around the world. You have great innovations. We keep them safe. It's not enough to just have a great startup idea or innovation. If you don't legally protect your innovations, products, and brand, anyone can claim them as their own. We keep your great innovation secure. Learn more by going to jmbdavis.com. That's jmbdavis.com. Thank you, Ivan, for joining us. I'm happy to be sitting with you today and discussing trademarks. So the people that know me, they know that my main field of interest is patents. And uh, there's another type of intellectual property called trademarks, and you're a specialist in trademarks. So maybe start with explaining what is a trademark and why would anyone need one? Yes, thanks, Avraham. A trademark can be almost anything, a word, a name, a symbol, a logo, a design, or any combination thereof that distinguishes the goods or services of one party from those of another and indicates the source of the goods and services. And a service mark is a word or phrase, symbol or design that identifies and distinguishes the source of the service instead of the goods. And the term trademark and mark are both used for trademarks and service marks. So a trademark is really a source identifier. It's really the company's face to its customers, its investors and the rest of the world. And a trademark can be a brand name such as Mercedes or Coca-Cola or a logo or a combination between the two. A trademark can even be a 3D object or a shape. If we look at the contours of a Coca-Cola bottle, the shape of a Zippo lighter or the Toblerone chocolate bar, even a particular kind of smell or fragrance can be uh, a a trademark. So it's really a combination uh, of different things like musical notes can, can be a trademark. Now, these trademarks are highly valuable assets. And according to one recent estimate, Trademarks account for an average of one third of corporate value, and the wow. world's one third of, of corporate, corporate value. value. So, looking at all companies combined, their value essentially stems from the fact that they have registered trademarks, service marks. Absolutely, and if you look at the world's most valuable brand, which unsurprisingly is Amazon, it was recently estimated to have a brand value worth a staggering six hundred eighty-three billion dollars. So you see that trademarks are an important tool to prevent other businesses from using similar marks that might confuse your customers, that their business is somehow connected or associated with your business or products. And trademarks also assure consumers of consistent quality and thus help to promote competition. 
So trademarks are very impactful to business, the face of the business to its customers, and uh, are a priority for most businesses, both established businesses and uh, startups. So I, as a consumer, when I buy something in the store, I want to make sure I'm getting the real thing and not some sort of knockoff. And what you're saying is by registering trademarks, you're preventing the manufacturers from producing knockoffs or lookalikes that will confuse the consumer. Yes, uh, the registration of mark, although not mandatory or obligatory, it does carry several advantages. And one of the advantages that it has is is to give notice to the public of the registrant's registrant's claim to ownership, a legal presumption of exclusive right to use the mark, and a very important one you mentioned, counterfeit goods, is to enable customs, what we call meches in Israel, to detain and impound uh, uh, imported goods that are suspective of infringing the trademarks, uh, the registered trademarks uh, of uh, providers, of suppliers. So it's, 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 it's essential, I believe, to register your trademark. Basically, your advice is for anyone who's developing a product and wants to make sure that the consumer knows that he or she is getting that product, there should be some sort of trademark associated with that. Yes, that's correct. But the most impactful marks are, that are registrable and legal, legally protectable and to be the drivers of the success of your company's business should be a, what we call a strong trademark. And this means that they should come up with a unique, strong logo or service mark which can protect them and be a priority of all businesses, uh, be they startups and established companies. So what I'm saying is that poorly chosen marks can be a curse. Weak marks can cause conflicts and they can be used by others to dilute your business and make it hard to stand out in the market. You know, some, some entrepreneurs are tempted to pick names that describe their company's products or services, which are descriptive of their goods. And while this may be logical to do so, these are often termed to be or deemed to be generic or descriptive. And they may be difficult or impossible to register or protect. And marks that are more fanciful, like uh, Zippo or Arbitrary, like Zoom or such, are stronger trademarks and easier to register and protect. Okay. So what I'm saying is that you must be careful when choosing your mark because marks that are weak, uh, because they are descriptive or generic, often will be to the detriment of your business and perform, perform poorly in online searches because there are so many others using similar terms. And it's nearly impossible to, to defend brand value and uh, with weak marks. So legally speaking, the stronger the mark, the, the better it is to protect. And the weaker the mark, the more difficult it is to protect. So you mentioned um, strong marks. At one, what point in a business, let's say an entrepreneur, a startup, at what point should they come to you or someone like you and address this issue of trademark? Should it be after they've chosen a name? Should it be while they're in that process? If you ask two trademark lawyers this question, you'll definitely get two different answers. It's There's no clear-cut answer to this. Each case needs to be determined on its own merits and circumstances. But I would say that the best strategy is to register or to file your trademark rather promptly at the very beginning as soon as possible when you kick off with your startup or your business. So ideally, when you're choosing your business name and logo and forming your business entity, you should file for your trademark. Remember that if you don't file for a trademark in a country like Israel, which works on the first to file system, 
as opposed to uh, United States and England where there's the first to use system and use is required, somebody else can go ahead and steal your name and product even though they're not using it. And if you choose to go in this direction of uh, filing first, this will be the face of your business to your competitors, as I said, and to your customers and investors. And if you choose a name that is too similar to another product or another competitor, the other trademark owner may threaten you with legal action if you continue to use this particular name. And to resolve these issues, you may have to change your brand name somewhere along the line of, of the growth of your company. And this means losing recognition and potentially spending thousands of shekels or dollars on rebranding, on new signs, labels, marketing campaigns, even a website possibly. And everything you'll need uh, that you may have to, everything that you may need to rebrand your business. So my advice would be as soon as possible at the earliest opportunity, once you have formed your company and chosen your business name, that is the time to go ahead and file for a trademark. Mm-hmm. Now, others would say that your priority would be the core IP of your business, your patent. And it's best, particularly with startups with limited funds available to secure patent rights and to file a patent immediately. And this may preclude you on a cost basis from filing also trademark. So they would say, put the trademark on the back burner. And when you are up and running and your, and your products are ready to go to market, then you are ready to trademark your name or product. And at that particular point, when you can have a significant impact or footprint on your industry or product, uh, this would be the opportunity to establish credibility and your reputation in the marketplace. Uh, in terms of this approach, obviously, your startup really needs to only file a trademark uh, when it has money, and uh, otherwise they suggest that you wait. But I... Um, I subscribe to the first view that I mentioned and would uh, say trademark, uh, file for trademarks as soon as practically possible. But Avraham, one thing is for sure, that the adoption of poorly considered marks, and this goes back to the point I raised earlier, may haunt startups throughout their existence. And this may have painful ripple effects, which include the loss of customer goodwill, slowed marketing and sales sales traction if the rebranding, if rebranding is, is required. And don't lose sight of the fact, the entrepreneurs out there, that the considerable costs of rebranding, if a name chosen is already registered or is deemed to be confusing to similar to another registered mark in a related or product category uh, or industry, can be considerable. You seem to know a lot about trademarks and have a, quite a bit of experience. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your background and how you know so much about trademarks? Yes, thank you, Abraham. Um, well, I'm the managing attorney of the trademarks and designs department of JMB Davis Ben David, which firm I joined in July 2021 this year. And I'm a dual licensed Israeli and South African commercial and IP attorney with over 35 years experience, both in private practice and in-house, both in my native South Africa and also here in Israel. And before joining JMB Davis, I spent 15 years in-house as IP counsel at a large multinational diamond group, managing a worldwide portfolio of hundreds of trademarks and designs, and where my responsibilities included not only trademark filings and responses to office actions throughout the world and maintenance filings and renewals, but also trademark protection and enforcement, trademark and copyright infringement proceedings, 
development and impl- implementation of IP strategies and brand protection, and also cross-company activities to promote IP and legal awareness in the marketing departments of, of, of the company, as well as doing IP-related commercial work, uh, licensing agreements, complex IP agreements for a wide variety of information technologies and transactions, mostly with a trademark or copyright element to it. Mm-hmm. And here at JMB Davis, I'm responsible for overseeing the trademark and designs prosecutions in Israel and globally, trademark and copyright infringement and enforcement, IP dispute resolution, software licensing, and other IP-related agreements. Mm -hmm. So I've been working for many years in IP, both in-house and in private practice, and I can see things from both sides, from the client's perspective, the client's needs and requirements, as well as as an IP attorney specializing in the day-to-day prosecution of trademark uh, uh, trademark, and we're dealing with trademark law. And I believe that I've melded this experience both in-house and in private practice in regard to IP and its different facets, copyright, trademarks, and, uh, and technology law to offer a combined perspective and input uh, and insight to, to my clients. Let me ask you, previously you had mentioned uh, internet searches and placement and the like. What sort of impact does the internet have on the IP world in terms of trademarks? And you've been practicing, you said 35 years, so that even goes back before the internet. How do you think practice has changed now that there is the internet and people are looking for things in different ways? You know, you don't go down into main street of your town and uh, go shopping. You, you go onto the internet and you, you, you had mentioned Amazon as well. You go into somewhere into the, you know, in Israel, a lot of people use AliExpress. How, how does IP in terms of trademarks impact that experience? Yeah, I think, as I mentioned earlier, I go back to this, what I mentioned earlier about stronger and weaker marks and unique, fanciful, arbitrary and suggestive marks as opposed to purely descriptive marks. So marks that are weaker because they are descriptive or generic often perform poorly in online searches. And that means that they could be confusingly similar terms, make it more difficult for people to find your business mm-hmm. or your products. Like to give an example, if I'm searching for a pizza shop in my area and I go into a search engine and I'm looking for uh, a pizza shop, I'm going to use certain terms, like let's say uh, tasty pizza. So that's going to come up a lot in, in a search engine. And if I try to get a trademark for that name, it's just not going to help me all that much, right? Right, but I think... You know, the one thing, the important benefit of trademarks that one must really be aware of is that trade, that for a registered trademark, uh, and regard to domain names, the WIPO, the World International Property Organization, provides a dispute resolution process. So if someone else is cyber squatting and using your domain name and using this in bad faith, WIPO provides an important legal tool for wrestling away a domain name from a cyber squatter or some other person who may be using it in bad faith. And this is a quasi-judicial procedure which is only available to trademark owners. Mm-hmm. You can then use this procedure to cause WIPO to reassign the domain name and transfer it to you, provided it's associated with or contains in its name a registered trademark that you own. Got it. So okay. this is a very important tool that can be used to prevent other people from riding on or passing off on your particular name. Uh-huh. And to prevail in this uh, type of action, 
A trademark owner must really just prove three things. One is that the domain name is identical or confusingly similar to a registered trademark or service mark in which the complainant has rights. Two, that the domain name registrant doesn't have any rights or legitimate interest in that domain name. And three, that the domain name has been registered in bad faith. If you can succeed on those three legs, then you can obtain reassignment of that particular uh, domain name, which contains your mm-hmm. trademark. Okay, that sounds like an important uh, It's re- a very reason. important tool. Yeah, this would encourage people to file trademarks for that, for that very Another reason. Another distinct advantage of trademark registration. So tell me, what, what sort of things can happen if you don't file a trademark application? Yes, I think that's a very uh, important question uh, and a good lead on from the previous discussion that we had about domain names and the registrability of domain names, with, which include in its name trademark. So you don't have to register your trademark with the trademark office in order to have protection. Mm. It's not mandatory or obligatory to register a trademark, as I mentioned earlier. And in common law countries like United States, uh, Canada, England, Australia, South Africa, we talk of common law or unregistered trademarks. And these unregistered trademarks can be registered by someone else before you do so. But if you are using an unregistered trademark, for a long time, for example, in your website or in your advertising material or stationery, you can bring opposition proceedings against the um, person or the, or the third party who's proceeding to file for this unregistered trademark, but you will have to show your prior right of use and reputation and goodwill, and this could cost a lot of money. Mm-hmm. So these common law rights are not nearly as strong as registered trademark rights which extend nationwide. And also to bring an infringement action for an unregistered trademark, you would have to rely on your common law legal rights based on what we call the tort of passing off or unfair competition, which are much harder legal requirements or much harder legal tools to rely on than for, for trademark infringement than the unregistered rights that are available to you as a trademark owner. And the courts will look at the a number of factors, the duration, the extent, the nature of use, and the nature of the mark, which they will all take into consideration in order to determine your eligibility for protection as an unregistered trademark owner. I should also mention perhaps that in Israel, the trademark ordinance does protect unregistered well-known marks. Right. Unregistered trademarks that are not considered well-known will have to rely on other different, other laws, different laws like the commercial wrongs laws, adjustment enrichment laws, commercial tort laws, and consumer protection laws, as I mentioned, much more difficult and much harder to succeed in. So I would strongly advise registering your trademark for the enforceability rights that you obtain by registration. So from what I'm hearing from you, it sounds like for companies interested in trademark rights, there's usually no real hard set in stone deadline for filing, as opposed to patent rights that you really want to make sure that you filed your patent applications before publication of your invention. Correct. This is distinguishable from patents in the sense that you don't have to necessarily use the mark. As I mentioned, in many countries, Israel included, the first to file system is in place, which means that someone else can beat you to it. And that's where the disadvantage comes in of not filing your mark as early as possible, as we discussed earlier. But there's no timeline or deadline 
for filing other than the fact that someone else can be using it and file before you. That could cause substantial problems to your success of your business. So you are certified in Israel and in South Africa, so you could file trademarks for clients in those jurisdictions. And we have on staff also U.S. attorneys who can file in the U.S. But if I am a startup coming to you, how many countries do I need to file trademark applications in? Well, that depends on where you do business. You should effectively have a trademark in every country where your product or your business is known and and where you operate and sell your product. Now, even though a particular company and its products are internationally known, trademarks are territorial rights. This means that your trademark needs to be registered in each country where you want it to be protected. Now, unfortunately, there's no such thing as a worldwide trademark registration that is automatically valid throughout the world. You may have come across the terms international registration, but that's something different, which I'll explain in a moment. So while there's no worldwide trademark registration system, we do have the Madrid system, which can be a relatively convenient and cost-effective and efficient way of registering trademarks around the world for brands which have a worldwide footprint. And this may be particularly the case if you have four or five countries at least, uh, countries of interest in which you would like to file. Otherwise, it may not be so cost-effective. So under the Madrid system, rights holders can file a single application and pay one set of legal fees to apply for protection in over 100 countries. And the centralized system of registration allows rights holders to expand, renew, and maintain their marks international and the international portfolios with with relative ease. So what would be the disadvantage to using the Madrid system? First, there's the cost involved, cost factor involved. It's, it's quite expensive. It's payable uh, in Swiss francs. The disadvantage is that not every country is a member of the Madrid protocol, meaning that you may need to file a national application in certain countries which are not parties to the protocol. And countries like Taiwan Many countries in Latin America and the UAE, for example, are not parties to the protocol. And this means that a separate national application will have to be filed in each of these countries. So if you want a trademark, if you want trademark protection in a country that's not a party to the Madrid, Madrid protocol, for example, Peru, then you would need to file a separate national application. And then you would need to appoint separate attorneys, trademark attorneys in these, in these particular countries as opposed to one trademark attorney who can uh, file an international registration in the designated countries in your international application. So you would need to give your, your trademark attorney a list of the countries in which you would wish to seek protection, that your trademark attorney can determine which countries fall under the Madrid, Madrid protocol, which countries would have to be filed on a national basis, and what the cost estimate would be for such filing. Okay, great. Thanks. Now, who is filing trademarks in Israel? Is it only Israeli companies? Is it mainly international companies? Uh, what sort of uh, trademark activity is there in Israel? Well, interestingly, Avraham, I looked at the uh, annual report of the Israeli Patents and Trademarks Office, and there's some very interesting statistics that come out of their report. This is the report for the year 2020, and one of the charts that they give there is the Israeli applicants versus foreign applicants uh, ranging from 2015 to, two, to 2020. And in 2020, we see that there was an increase observed in the percentage of applicants by Israeli applicants as opposed to foreign applicants. In 2020, there were 
0.3% of uh, filings were from foreign applicants and only 25.7% were Israeli applicants. But it's also interesting to mention, if we're talking about statistics, and this is something we can look at uh, on a comparative basis, is that during the year 2020, there were 11,327 trademark applications submitted in 22,458 classes. Now, if we compare this as a point of comparison with the United States, for example, the latest statistics and, uh, uh, that I have is from 2019, there a total of 1,070,000 trademarks were filed in the United States. Wow. And this is, was an increase from two, 2018 when 1,024,000. And, and if we look at India, for example, in 2019, I found statistics that show that around 316,000 trademarks were registered. I didn't see the number. I couldn't find the number that were filed, but were registered in India. So these are some important statistics and comparisons to see how Israel features as a startup nation in filing trademarks as compared to some of the big countries around the world. And what sort of fields do you see uh, trademark filing? That's also an interesting observation. Here in Israel, we have figures that show that the top niche classifications for the past decade has consistently been class nine. And this includes uh, information technology, computer software and hardware, audiovisual equipment, apparatus and devices for optical instruments and uh, safety equipment, etc. In class nine, we've seen 2,647 applications. That's approximately 23% of the total number of applications submitted, very interestingly. And the subsequent leading classes were advertising and commerce services, scientific and technology, technological services, and programming, and pharmaceutical preparation. Mm -hmm. So that gives us a good indication of where trademark applicants are filing. Okay, Ivan, thank you very much. This has been a really interesting conversation. I think we covered a lot of tips and ideas for startups, for entrepreneurs about how to protect their brand name and how to make sure that uh, they secure trademarks and their strong trademarks. Thank you very much. That was Ivan Lipschitz, the Managing Attorney for Trademarks, Designs, and Related Fields at JMB Davis Ben David in Jerusalem. We hope you enjoyed this episode. There are many more to come. Do you have a great innovation or startup idea? We'd love to hear from you. You can reach out to us by going to our website, jmbdavis.com. And if you go to jmbdavis.com forward slash startup, you'll see we have a special site specifically made for startups to help startups protect their innovations. Please be in touch with us and find out how we can help you. Thank you for listening, and we look forward to bringing you the next episode.